Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. And today we're gonna speak all about what to do when you feel like your highly sensitive child is fragile, just like an egg. Man, if you're walking on eggshells and you are noticing that your highly sensitive child is stuck in those big emotions so much so that you are carrying around a raw egg every day, then I've got news for you. It is time to put the egg concept down. Now, let's make sure that we understand who we are talking about. Now, you're a parent of highly sensitive child. That means that your child thinks deeply, feels deeply, responds reactively with a lot of emotion at times and can be highly empathetic along with noticing all kinds of small details it can be easily overstimulated by those small details yes all of those things are true of the highly sensitive personality trait with that being said if your child given all of how they are experiencing the world is also stuck in the daily meltdown cycle i'll explain that in a minute then this training is for you because it's really, really important. You've heard me say this time and again, unless this the first, this show is the first time you're hearing me. When you're parenting a highly sensitive child, that does not go hand in hand with having an experience of parenting a highly sensitive child with daily meltdowns. Now, daily meltdowns look like uh, hitting, kicking, screaming, throwing your body on the floor for your child. You might want to throw your body on the floor as a parent and just say, quit it, especially at the end of the day. We hear lots of parents who are exhausted at the end of the, the day, can't even pick a movie on, on or a show on Netflix without passing out halfway through, let alone have a conversation with your spouse or co-parent around anything other than how the heck did today happen and how the heck do we make sure that doesn't happen tomorrow, right? If this is your life experience, if you've been dealing with this for more than two days, two weeks, then you need to make sure that you're tuning in because this is our expertise at highly, at, at MTC. We help parents of highly sensitive kids eliminate the daily meltdown cycle in as little as eight weeks. We have helped hundreds of families here in the coaching practice. I'm also a therapist. I've been working with families of this matter for over a decade and I run a group private practice as well. But you are hearing from me through my coaching company where we have a team of expert coaches walking parents through the exact strategy that I'm gonna lay out for you today that helps your highly sensitive child grow and thrive. Let's make sure that we understand exactly what we're talking about. Because dealing with that daily meltdown cycle, your kiddo might be hitting siblings, they might be hitting you, they might be running away, or they could be shutting down. 
right? This is really important because if those meltdowns have stopped, maybe you've witnessed your child's uh, big explosive emotions when they were younger, four, five, six, and now that they're seven, they basically just shut out the world. That is still the same meltdown cycle and now it's happening internally. That is not a solution and that is not growth. So again, let's look at this from a big picture standpoint, right? If your highly sensitive child is struggling on a daily basis and you hear them scream, yell, or shut down on a daily basis, then it is highly likely that you are also experiencing the, the belief and, and, and approaching your child with the belief and the thought that they are fragile. And this is something that we work with our clients so, so frequently. Your highly sensitive child is not fragile. I will say it again. Your highly sensitive child is not fragile. Now, let's remember, as, our, as we are raising our babies, we know at, at, at infancy, it is our job as parents to make sure we keep our kids, what? Alive, right? <laughs> with that being said, there's four main ways to do that for a screaming baby, right? I talk about this with my clients all the time. Our babies train us really, really well because there's four solutions to the problem. There are maybe five, right? They're, they're stinky, right? They need a diaper change. They're hungry. They need a snuggle. They're tired. Or the tried and true thing your pediatrician says, check the socks. <laughs> like, is there a, a hair? You know, they're in physical pain, right? Is there a hair tied around their toe? some weird anomaly situation, right? But in general, we can understand why our child is screaming and we can fix the problem immediately when our child is an infant. We know that we can run through those options pretty quickly. And, you know, once we're starting to observe our, our, our baby's um, nuances, we can, we can understand those, those solutions to their sadness, upset, anger is small, like the list is small, right? Now, if you're parenting a four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old, you might be using the same strategy. Let's run through the four options. Let's fix the problem. To solve the problem of your child's emotional explosions, and I gotta tell you, that is keeping you stuck, okay? So when we help our clients break out of that pattern of fix-it mode, survival mode, let's look at the situation head-on and fix just what's right in front of me, this is what you need to be able to do. You need to be able to first and foremost observe how you are seeing your child, and if part of that perception of your child's capabilities and their strengths and weaknesses includes treating them like they're fragile, like they can't handle it, then this is going to shoot you in the foot. Now, what's really, really important to understand is that I am not telling you to use traditional parenting or suck it up approach. That is different, very different, than treating your child as an egg. And I got and I think this is really, really important to understand because when we're, we're parenting highly sensitive kids, you can get stuck in a pendulum, right? You get stuck in the pendulum of thinking that your child is just like an egg. You're walking on those broken eggshells all day, all day, all, um, all day long, trying to um, dodge another broken egg, right? And this might mean that you are bubble wrapping your child. You might've heard me speak about that on a different show. Protecting your child from any experience that is negative, trying so hard to avoid challenges for your child or to avoid things not going the right way. Um, but 
with that being said, you know, let's 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 use an example, right? Your 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 sensitive kid is looking forward to going to to soccer practice, and you find out that soccer practice is uh, going to be a scrimmage, but they've been practicing their drills all week and they've been really working on it, and um, you know that that like the hardest part of for your child with with soccer is the games, and so you hear that there's a scrimmage and you think immediately crap, how am I going to tell my kid that it's going to be a practice game? How am I going to tell my kid that they're going to need to do their, their worst case scenario, right? It's Tuesday, game day is usually Saturday, your child's going to flip, okay? So in your mind, you're running through six different scenarios. Maybe we just pretend we're sick. Maybe I just tell him that, that soccer practice is canceled. Maybe I just tell him that he can sit it out and he can just watch. Maybe I just tell him that, and then here we go, we swing to the other end of the pendulum, which might be you thinking this or your spouse thinking this. Listen, such is life. Your kid is gonna need to deal with this no matter what, so here's the day. Soccer practice is a scrimmage, suck it up and deal, kid, because you're gonna need to play the game on Saturday anyways. That's pressuring your kid to deal with an issue when they don't have the skills to deal with it yet. So. What do we need to be doing? We need to be focusing on the middle and focusing on preparing your child for building those skills so that they can be prepared for life. Now, this is really hard to do as a parent when you have been in fix-it mode all day, every day. And your child has, in their needs and how they express their needs, have created an automatic process for you. But what I think is so, so important for you to observe and what we're going to highlight today is really take a clear picture of how much you are using mental gymnastics to break out of this pattern of supporting your child by thinking that they're fragile. What do I mean by that? You know, the mental gymnastics um, metaphor is an example that one of our clients used before she got into boot camp. She shared with one of our coaches, it just feels like she is doing flips inside her head with her thinking about how to navigate the problems that her child uh, wouldn't feel, it doesn't feel capable of solving on a daily basis. And when I hear that, what I think is the um, the, the gymnast that they hired in Ocean's Eleven to commit that crime, right? If you guys remember that movie with um, George Clooney and there's a, the, um, I think he's a gymnast and he's like h- jumping around the lasers and like landing on the safe and like figuring out how to get into the safe of the vault at the casino, right? Spoiler alert, hopefully you guys have seen the movie. It's really old at this point um, now, but when we think about the skill set of noticing that th- that guy needed to jump through hoops in order to not set off an alarm, that's the exact experience you guys are dealing with. We're not talking about Simone Biles nailing it and going ta-da when she sticks the landing and, and, and everybody's thrilled with her performance, right? That's not happening in your home, let's be honest. You stick the landing and you're going, I really hope a bomb doesn't go off any, t- any second now. Or I really hope that um, that the alarm doesn't go off any second now. Or shoot, I still have a safe to crack. And then now I got to get out of the, the vault with, you know, <laughs> and they smash and grab the money, right? You're trying to get a solution here to your child's big emotions. And that could be anything. It could be that you're explaining that they need to go to the scrimmage for soccer. It could be that you're pointing out a mistake that they made on their homework when they ask you to review it with them, 
and what you did was use the wrong word that drives them crazy and you forgot because you're a normal human, right? Um, you could be asking a question when your child needed space because they were still thinking. All you know is that one wrong move and your kid's screaming at you. And that experience, obviously, there's no judgment here from, from those of us at MTC. We see this all the time. Obviously, you're walking on eggshells. Obviously, you're tired. Obviously, you've been trying to fix this problem. And that's been your solution. Because what do we do when we live in a fearful survival mode situation? We try to tiptoe around the fear. Guess what? Your child is what you're afraid of right now. And when you treat your child in the explosion, the explosion as uh, something to be afraid of, then your child also learns that they are not capable of handling their emotions because their emotions are scary. And so we perpetuate the problem. And so when we think about being able to break out of this pattern, guys, and, and what really, really works to break out of the meltdown cycle, it is not coping skills. It is not coping skills. I can't tell you the, the, the um, exact deep breathing strategy that is going to help your highly sensitive child. But what I can tell you is that when your child is struggling and you need help focusing on the right problem, it's very important to observe that a deep breath and a skill like noticing um, their senses in the room or telling you slowly what they need or naming their emotion right then in that moment instead of focusing on needing the piece of candy that they need. And that's reductionist. I know your child isn't always melting down about candy. They're not a spoiled brat, right? No child is a brat, but do you get what I'm saying? It's more complicated than that. You know it. You know it's more complicated than that. So then why are we trying to find a solution to the meltdown cycle by just teaching coping skills to your kid. That is, that is one part of the very large puzzle that fixes a meltdown cycle. We think about this from a bigger standpoint. The important piece about this, first and foremost, has to start with you as a parent. You need to be able to look at how you are setting up your child's environment to treat them as fragile eggs. And you need to be able to notice how your words, your language, your communication style, and your collaboration with your spouse or co-parent, if that's relevant, keeps them stuck in that dynamic, keeps your highly sensitive stuck in child in that dynamic. And if you could fix it on your own, you would have fixed it by now. This is a very complicated strategy that, that and a very complicated problem that needs that needs a lot of strategy to, to turn it around. And this is why when we teach on these trainings, it's really important that that you're observing this is a complicated and uh, issue and it requires a specialized skill. And so when we think about being able to break out of this pattern, I want you to liken the meltdown cycle to a hurricane. All right. You can't just throw in a brick wall and expect the hurricane to stop right? If you're watching this swirling, whirling uh, cyclone going on, well, that's a tornado. Sorry, I'm not a weather woman. Um, the, 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 if you're watching the, the air cycle, 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 you can't just throw a block in there and expect the wind to die down. That's just not how a cycle works. And, and so when you're, when you're observing 
and asking yourself what to do differently. You need to be able to look at your strategy. Now, we help, as I mentioned before, we help our clients fix this problem day in, day out. In as little as eight weeks, they eliminate the daily meltdown cycle. And I say this repeatedly because the strategy is simple. That does not need to be complicated. How to approach it, how and when to teach your child skills, because I'm not saying they don't need skills. I'm saying the skills aren't the solution. That is what's complicated. That's what's specific to your particular family. But the strategy is simple. It's five steps. The first one is exactly what we've been speaking about all this time today. It's noticing how you as a parent are impacting your highly sensitive child's life because highly sensitive children respond more effectively to their relationship with their parents in order to change their own behavior than they do to any other avenue of support. So what do I mean? It means that your highly sensitive child is not going to be as receptive to an outside therapist, to a teacher, to a school counselor, to a psychiatrist, to medical changes, to a mentor, or to a buddy system than to you as their parent. Now you can look at that as a challenge or an opportunity. That's up to you, right? goes back to your mindset. The opportunity is noticing that you as the parent are the most impactful member of your child's emotional relationship home. And what that means is that you are the catalyst for change. You have to change how you parent in order for your child to change. That is just continuously and countlessly uh, stacked, stacked up in the research. It's one of the reasons why we have a 98.9% success, uh, percent success rate with our clients in the coaching company for those who jump into our programming because we do what works. We help parents change the way they parent. That's important. That's number one, okay? Number two is you need to be able to change the way that you parent playfully, okay? You can't go strict on this. Your child will not respond to you laying down the hammer. Highly sensitive kids are more sensitive to negativity than to positivity. Excuse me. They're more sensitive to negativity and to positivity, which means that if you are changing the way that you experience your child and you are going stricter, harder, my way or the highway, I don't want to hear it, suck it up, your child will suffer more. You might see a change in their behavior, right? I just said that. Your child is more susceptible to a change in their environment than a non-highly sensitive child. So you will absolutely see a change in your child's behavior. It might be the change that you were hoping for, which is that the meltdown stop. But what you will see next if you're not careful, you will see as a separate issue. What you're gonna see next is your child will start saying things like, I'm a bad kid, I hate you, you don't love me, life would be better off without me, or I need a different family, anything of the like. That is a shame experience that is highlighted and deeper and more intense than your child was already having in the meltdown cycle, so you've actually made it worse. It might feel like a easier issue to deal with because now your child's talking rather than being out of control in their body, but what's incredibly important to understand and the statistics on sensitive children and the statistics on suicide in children and adolescents 
is that children who make statements like life would be better off without me, or they speak about death, I would be better off in heaven, I just want to go to heaven so I don't have to deal with this anymore, any statements like that, a child is much more knowledgeable about death than adults give them credit for. And that, that, is, that is a statement that I'm, I'm not just making, pulling out of the hat to make you take this seriously. There is consistent research. You can watch my training on the myths about suicide for sensitive kids and, and children alike. Um, and, and if you need that link, just reach out to, to myself or our team. And we'll get it to you. Okay. Uh, we have a show on that. We have a, a podcast and, and a video as well. So you can find it in multiple platforms. But the myths about suicide are serious, guys. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for children uh, ages uh, 14 to 25. It's the third leading cause of death for children ages 5 to 25. This is not a freaking joke, man. Pardon my French. And and what's important to observe is that when you look at the research and you understand it, because I, I have all of that training to, to be focused on that. It's what we do in our private practice in the mental health world, but in the parenting world, what we're, how I'm talking to you and what avenue I'm talking to you, it's very critically important that if you are using a harder line and a harsher way of parenting to include corporal punishment, like spanking, to include uh, yelling, to include stricter restrictions, like removal of, um, pun of, of privileges, grounding, removal of iPad, um, due to explosive behavior, etc., and your child's responding like that, it's very, very important that you observe that you have actually made it worse. You have not made it better. Even if your kid's major behavior that you were focusing on before, the explosive behavior, isn't uh, being shown right now. Okay? That's so, so important. Um, I can't stress that enough, which is why I did a whole extra training on that um, about a year ago, uh, if I think about it properly, maybe even over a year ago. It's probably time for me to say it again. <laughs> so here I am, right? And, and and with that being said, that training has the specific quotes from CDC and the other um, research that I don't keep, um, you know, the numbers in my brain uh, at ready accessibility. With that being said, it's there and uh, we have a training on it. So happy just to uh, share it with you. Now, Let's get back to business. If you've gone harsher, if you've gone more negative, if you've gone um, down the avenue of trying to do my way or the highway and get try to catch your kid in lockstep, that approach is not going to work. You have to change your approach to playful, emotional communication as the primary means of supporting your child in understanding where they feel their emotions, how they feel their emotions, when they feel their emotions, and building that insight. When, an, when a highly sensitive child is insightful, they are capable of trusting their intuition. And when their intuition says, mommy and daddy understand me, then their intuition will also say, I am safe and I can ask for help. And guess what? The very next component is, that's necessary is for you to break down shame. When you give your child strategic feedback on their emotional experience, you have to do that, and this is twofold, by also combating shame. Okay, so this is step one, two, three, four I just named. And when you break down shame, which is what I was just sp highlighting, spent a lot of time highlighting, those shame statements, when you break down shame and you prevent shame through the way that you're giving feedback, then you have the capacity to break out of the meltdown cycle with that being said, step number five is having an outside expert 
look at and notice how you are troubleshooting the situation. Because I got to tell you, if you are focused on just fo just doing one of these pieces and you're highlighting just one part of this whole dynamic, you will continuously feel stuck. And those other balls uh, that you're trying to, um, to keep in the air can be dropped so much so that the other pieces need to be, um, that will be altered, right? So your progress will be stagnant. You might have fits and starts. You might see patterns of meltdowns and then slow down and then no meltdowns and then they tick right back up again for with fervor and sometimes even worse than they were before all of that is a symptom of uh, not having the the bigger picture and the expertise right and, and trying to address this on your own and if it was easy to fix I would happily put myself out of business right but um, I am not here to keep telling you that you can fix this problem on your own just to make you feel better at the end of this message. That is not my job. It is not my job to make you feel good. It's my job to help you stay in, in focused and effective action, right? Um, and, and, you know, you came to us to parent your highly sensitive child like a ninja. A ninja does the work. A ninja sees the big picture. A ninja takes strategic action, right? The name of this show isn't Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child, kind of, sort of, maybe soon, uh, you know, on your off days. Because you didn't come to listen to what I had to say to live a mediocre life. You came to listen to what I have to say because you know that no child was put on this earth to be miserable and you are going to be for dang sure not in the way of making sure your kid lives a beautiful life. Because you are not put on this earth to be miserable either. And so our clients who come to us, they notice that they have already tried accessing support. So they already see that in their personality, accessing professional support when you don't have the expertise. Experts hire experts, right? And, and you might have heard me say this before, and I'll say this again, 70% of the clients that we work with are in the field of helping children or helping people. Okay, they're doctors, nurses, therapists, teachers, professors. Experts hire experts. And so when we look at that uh, understanding, I'm not here to just focus on step number five, right? I've already spelled it out. Some people are able to turn it around, but many people aren't without step number five. That's what we're talking about. And, and, and you have nothing to lose on this call with our team member to break out of this pattern. Because on that conversation, we'll be blunt with you. We will talk to you about where you're stuck whether or not what you're doing is on the right trajectory to get yourself out of this this pattern, we will help you build that insight to break through that pattern. If you are um, not taking the right approach to help your highly sensitive child, and then we will walk you through exactly what you need to break out of that out of that pattern, whether that's with us, with another professional, or you're doing what you need to do on your own. And we'll be honest with you because the only families that we work with are the ones that we know we can help, and that's why our success rate's so high because we're not here to work with everybody. We're here to work with people that we are sure that we can help. And that plus you knowing that you can do the work is what creates the opportunity of breaking out of that meltdown cycle with our team. And when we think about being able to do that consistently and effectively, what it takes is your certainty that you know that you are not here just to live an a-okay, maybe kind of, sort of, enjoyable life, right? That's not why you were here. And if you know that's, that's true and you've tried everything or tried a flavor of what I've been speaking about for these last several years, if you've been following me for a while, 
then now's the time. Now's the time to have that conversation. We're here to break break, break through that pattern with you and support you in breaking out of this, uh, this feeling of just not knowing what is going to work and whether or not what you're doing is actually moving the needle towards happiness, joy, and peace in your own home. And, and so we look forward to having that conversation with you. Go ahead over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash talk. If you're parenting a child who is eighth grade US or under, uh, if you're parenting a high, high schooler, uh, that might be 14 plus, but high school age, they need to be in high school, then we would do meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash teen talk, and we'll talk to you and your teen. Now, when we think about being able to break out of this pattern, it's really, really important that you and your spouse and co-parent parent attend that call. We're happy to have this conversation with you, and we need all parenting parties on that conversation so we can get the clarity on whether or not what we do is going to be the best fit for you. So make sure that you book that call, and we'll help you find a time uh, to make sure that everybody who is relevant to parenting your child is on that conversation so we get a clear, clear picture of what's going to help your particular family. All right, that's it for us today. I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So. To see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.